Hello and welcome to the 61st episode of the BTF podcast. That is the Back to Football podcast, the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. Now we are on the 25th of June. It's a Friday night. It's quarter to eight in the evening. Outside it's nice and light. The temperature is perfect. Um, so why are we inside doing a podcast? Well, the Euros are on, uh, and uh, this is the perfect lull between the group stage and the knockout stages. Um, and yeah, we wanted to talk about uh, what we think is going to happen during the rest of the tournament. I am joined currently only by Mr. Greg TMR. How are you? All good, man. All good. Every time you say that, I remember to rename myself on. Yeah, uh, I saw it as I was reading yeah. it out. I was like looking at your. Um, your human name but yeah apart from that all good apart from that all good yeah. a couple of seconds before we went and recorded i spilled about half my beer all over the place but um yeah, yeah. you did yeah all, it's, how, it's how we up. do off the rails btf off the rails new BTF series off the rails. yeah you had um <laughs> you had some fish and chips didn't you this evening i was gonna i, did, I, was I wanted to wait until we're on the podcast to ask you about that because yeah beautiful yeah, how was it really good because i'm by the coast i think that you're by Oh, the coast. I but yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big coming out episode. <laughs> Shout out, Grace. Pride month. <laughs> um, um, yeah, because yeah, we're by the coast. I think that they all get it fairly locally and everything okay. like that. So it's always like from the sea, fat, probably, I would think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> wandering about. Uh, so it's like always a fat oh, fish, like nice. beautiful. Yeah, they all do it. They take a little bit longer, but they do it to order. So you know it's fresh. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. My mum used to own what fish was the and chip order? shops. Wait, what? My mum used to own fish and chip shops. Oh, so sick. she knows um she knows the deals. She knows, she knows what's their business. Uh, she knows what's going on. Yeah. Uh I got cod, uh chips, uh curry sauce and a buttered buttered roll. Yeah, curry curry sauce. I've only had that once. Like we very rarely get fish and chips. It's not I don't know why, but mm. um usually only get fish and chips if my dad is like up visiting or, or right, something right. like that but occasionally we'll remember that fish and chips exists and and, and mm. get fish and chips and I, I i love fish and chips i think it's um it's a great meal but yeah i've only had curry sauce once and that was like the most recent time that i've had fish and chips oh, right. um and yeah it's interesting it was it was mm. i don't know whether does the curry sauce vary from yeah you can get chippy some... to chippy as we would say yeah you can get some that are quite lumpy which yeah, the one I had like was lumpy. In there. And then you can get them that are quite thin. And some do it like piping hot that has obviously been like in the microwave for three minutes. But some might actually properly like heat it, that kind of thing. So it does vary. But I like a little bit of like adding a bit of spice to that. South. Quote um, yeah. Chris Eubank. But yeah, that's, that's how we roll <laughs> down here, baby. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, like we say, we might, it's, it's me and Greg at the moment. We might be joined by the, the option is there for the other lads um, to drop in. Um, throughout the show so we may be joined by others it might just be me and Greg and we're probably going to approach this from a point of view that actually we're hoping to get some clips out of this for social media so you know you might be watching this on YouTube as the full thing but really this is just a a TikTok speed run of Mm -hmm. all of our thoughts and feelings on football and the Euros Um, I guess before we get into the Euros then first topic is Grealish 100 million pound offer apparently on the table from Manchester City. Um, do Manchester City have any respect for the England camp right now? They've put a 100 million in for Kane and now they're doing this with Grealish. 
seems I quite mean, disruptive. Here it is, man. Like footballers will deal with this all the time. I mean, you got. I mean, my I'm Tottenham fan. Obviously, is like we've got in our camp at the end of our season. We had Harry Kane doing that Gary Neville interview, all things like that. And you, I mean, throughout a season, you'll have contract talks with like you know if you're training on a football pitch, your mate he's in the news because he's talked with this and his agents done that. A lot of it's agents all the time. So I think that yeah, you, there is a case, but then transfer markets open open season you know they've got to do their business and look Grealish is a class player man 100 million if he goes for that if he's brilliant as he is now at Aston Villa imagine him under a Pep Guardiola what Mm. he can achieve go for it and 100 million I mean that makes it a little bit more difficult for them to push for Harry Kane so I'm happy with that go for it boys Sign him. yeah (laughs) I mean it's it's uh you would think as well that 100 million is a starting offer um, as as I would also expect that is with Harry Kane. Um, For sure. So the idea that City can go north of, of 200 for just two players oh, for um, sure. yeah. is kind of crazy. And it does suggest as well that Erling Haaland is, a, you know, other people can go for Erling Haaland, basically, if, if City surely cannot fork out, because they'd be paying the best part of 500 million if they ended up getting all, all three of those players. For sure. Um, and there's no way that you can have Kane and Haaland, I guess, in 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 one squad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I th- I just thought it was, it's interesting timing. I know international tournaments do always fall around this time, and I can't remember too many tournaments that Steven Gerrard played at where there wasn't speculation about his future. Same with Wayne Rooney, For um, sure, David yeah. Beckham. You know, it is a classic time where there's a lot of speculation, and hopefully the players are, are, are sort of yeah big enough to rise above that. Well, players and agents do it themselves as well. I mean, whenever there's an international break and they've got a bit of time away from their clubs, there is that bit of freedom as well when, you know, even in the press, they're not protected by the club loyalties. It's just a national team. So you will get... I remember Paul Pogba, I think, around the October international break, he was saying some things that were a bit critical of United. It is a little bit posturing because I know they can get away with it a little bit. I think it's part and parcel of the game, really. Yeah. No, I... uh... Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, Nuno, Nuno to Spurs, potentially. Thoughts on that? Look, man, it, it, it's nearly 70 days since we sacked Jose. Is that all it is? It seems like longer. <laughs> Mate, it feels like a lifetime. We've been linked with everyone. I've had a few emails from Daniel Levy. They go straight to the junk and say, Daniel, no, I'm too busy. Got BTF to think about, Doing, you know what yeah. I mean? Doing hot girl shit. Look, man, this is me. Yeah, hot girl summer. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is... From what I sit from what I gather is that anything now beyond Conte and Poch coming back is going to be underwhelming by the for the fans. You know, preseason starts in what two weeks, something like that, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. We need someone in place now. Nuno, yeah, no one's really happy about it. It's underwhelming, it is. But look, there's argument for he can be solid at the back. He's a prim proven, I suppose, manager with Wolves. He, he brought them up, didn't he, in his first season from the Championship, I think, and kept them steady. They're not the most exciting team to watch. I think I read a stat that in their highest scoring season, they only scored 47 goals because of the defensive system that he plays. But then you look at the quality that Wolves have and will he adapt to the, the, the Tottenham way that a lot of people want a manager to come in and have. But Look, we're running out of time. We aren't a club that is an attractive proposition at the moment. I think we get Nuno in. We see what he can do at this point. 
and we've got to go from there. Whatever, whoever comes in, we've got to back the manager and see what happens with that. But I don't know. Anything's going to be underwhelming. Yeah, I think the thing with Nuno is there's that, there's always going to be that question of does he bring with him the George Mendes situation yeah. that Wolves had, um, and whether that is a whole new system that they could bring to Spurs. I I can't see Levy buying into that and and the new um, technical director, but. Um, I think that is a big question that there is over over Nuno is is can he manage maybe without that spoon feeding and and, and without sure. the agent situation? Well, um, he is with Mendes. He is a Paratici choice. He's his first choice. He's come in and he's straight away approached Nuno. So there's some hope in that. I mean, Paratici. We're all accepting weirdly enough in the Spurs sort of at the, uh, sphere. We're all accepting that he's a great appointment. But then the first name that he's bringing to the table, no one's happy with. Well, this is what I mean. You've got to see how it goes. He he knows what he's doing, and Nuno, he must impress him in some way. So yeah, and yeah, the Mendes thing is a worry, but it nothing's looking good at the moment. Do you know, it's it's not. So we're not in a luxury yeah. position where we can choose at this point. To go, I'm just gonna paraphrase. If you found feel like I'm repeating some things it's just because i'm trying to paraphrase it for clips but um i do think the situation with nuno and spurs um does make sense with paratici paratici yeah fabio paratici paratici so yeah the situation with nuno and spurs does make sense because of paratici because obviously he would have dealt with george mendes to bring cristiano ronaldo to juventus george mendes is basically business partners with nuno i think they like met in a bar or something and and Nuno was one of his first clients so yeah the 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 kind of the dots do kind of um add up at that point or connect um and it does make sense that Nuno would then be linked with um Paratici and and who knows maybe Cristiano Ronaldo could be turning up at the um Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, <laughs> at some point in the next couple of years um there you go, for sure and the but, thing is the main thing is that at the moment at Spurs we need harmony and yeah. whatever our opinion is, whatever we get in the media about this guy or this whatever, if they all see something in each other and they all want to work harmoniously together and point in the right direction, we are, unfortunately, we're at a point where we're, we're stuck in between a hard place and a rock. We have to go with that and see where we can go with it. We're not at the luxury to choose anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Spurs aren't in an awful awful position i had the harry kane situation um is is probably the biggest kind of cloud over the club at the moment in terms of what does what does spurs look like post kane right and it was obviously that question before what does it look like post bail and you, and you kind of spent bits and bobs here and and some some of the transfers worked out some didn't most of them didn't in mm. in terms of you know how good bail was for you before but for sure um yeah, I don't, it's very hard to tell what life looks like at Spurs without. And that is Harry the Kane. issue. That is the issue. We're, at the moment, we, you're not. You're completely right. We're not in a particularly good place or any particularly bad place. We're on a knife's edge, and that's mm. why this current debacle, this current issue that's going on, is so important to get right. And we do have to just go with it because we are on that knife's edge of right. Okay, we've got a lot of deadwood on the squad that need to go. And we've got Harry Kane who needs to stay. How do we get the right people in to get the wheels in motion to make that happen? It's yeah. a tough one at the moment, but you know, 
as you say, with Bale, it felt like the end of the world, but it wasn't awful. But no, it, it's, it's not ideal. You recovered sort of three or four years after. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the cycle uh, begins again. Um, let's go over to the Euros then and, and Gareth Bale sticking on that subject. Um, Wales play... Let's just go... We'll just go through all of the games and yeah. just give our like what we think is going to happen. Wales take on Denmark 5pm um, Saturday. Um, I'll give my prediction for this one. Actually, I won't give my prediction yet. I'll just say Denmark, I feel like a, the people's team um, now in this tournament um, because of what happened with Ericsson. Um, the fact that they kind of overcame that rallied back had that fantastic third game at park and they were unlucky to lose to belgium um and then on the flip side wales i think have been incredibly impressive as well um i can't hold anything against them and I, and we do want to see the home nations teams do well um so i'm very on the fence with this one like i think i could be happy for both teams going through but i think wales are going to go through I think Wales have just Wales tournament Wales just is a different beast. Um sure. so I don't know what's your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I completely agree really. I think that one one thing that I have said to you privately I think that worries me about Wales is they are a team. They're not mm. just a squad and you've got plenty of teams in this competition that are squads of great players. Wales aren't particularly a good squad of players but they're a team and that's mm. terrifying in these knockout rounds. And I think that on the other side of it, Denmark, after the awful, awful things that have happened in this competition for them, they have become a hell of a team. So I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a lot of passion. I don't think either of them are going to play for, uh, you know, scraps or anything like that. I think it will be all out, but it will be a slim one because both these teams will match each other really well. I think it's a great way to kick off the knockouts. I will say that Wales edge it slightly. I think like Denmark as well. Yeah, I feel like Denmark could peter out a little bit, but Wales, it takes one second, one minute, one touch for a bit of Gareth Bale magic, and he's always got that in the locker. Yeah, I feel like even the 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 magic has come from um, Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey is just a mm. brilliant player. I was, sure. I was thinking, right, if you had a Team GB oh, yeah. right now, and, and, and it's not like a sort of ridiculous Team GB like we had at the 2012 Olympics where it was like picking a load of people that like... The contract just for the fun of it, or I don't know, yeah, whatever. Or, yeah. Um, if you had like a genuine team GB that was like the best twenty-six players from England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, um, Aaron Ramsey certainly gets into that squad, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. He's class. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think there are too many other. I think Bale probably scrapes in just on reputation. I think um, he's definitely in because he's got those moments and you need that. I think that that's what we want from an England squad all the time, isn't it? That player that has those moments and, you know, these players aren't delivering at the moment. But I th- And also I think that Joe Roden, uh, I know I'm a little bit biased with him being a Spurs player, but we've not seen a lot of him at Spurs this season. He's been solid for Wales. He always has been solid for Wales. I think there's, a, I mean, he's only, I think he's 22, something like that. Yeah. And he's a, he's a good little player. And I think he's he's crucial for Wales in a way that we don't notice. Yeah, yeah, no, I think his his stats have been um, mm. pretty good. You sent me through um, some of the tournament stats uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which, I've got those in my notes. Yeah, which we can pull up, <laughs> I think, when we get to England. Um, so we'll cruise through this next one. Italy, Austria, um, any upsets you think in there? 
Italy are a problem, man. Italy are going to be a problem. I think they sail through that, quite honestly. Yeah, I think it's it's obviously it's the I say it's the first real test. I mean, they opened the tournament against Turkey, who had been touted by everyone to be a really good team. Yeah. Um, if they sail through that, and it, let's say they win three nil, then they are serious serious yeah. contenders for this tournament for sure. Um, but yeah, I I can't see anything other than an Italy win to nil. Um, then the five o'clock game on Sunday is Netherlands versus Czech Republic. Um, thoughts? It's a difficult one. I've not followed either team that closely during the Euros. However, I do know that Netherlands carry an attacking threat, but they're also very shaky at the back. And that could have been a little bit of like uh, nerves going into the competition. Uh, they may be a bit more set now. And I don't think that the Czech Republic hold the necessary firepower to really challenge uh, that that back four for Netherlands. So I think that Netherlands will score goals in that. It's just down to them if they decide that uh, they're going to shit the bed and concede any, to be quite honest. I don't yeah. think Czech Republic run away with that. I think it'll be a, maybe a slim, maybe a, uh, I'll, I'll go for a 3-2 Netherlands. Oof. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I see goals both ways, mm. same as you. Um and I'm going to go that this is the, this will be the game. This will be the first. I mean, Wales could easily go to extra time. The the problem with this as well is that you start to get Force. that. Yeah. When it gets to 70 minutes in a game, mm. if there's a one goal lead or less, so if there's a one goal lead or it's a t- a draw at that stage, yeah, it's so likely to end up going to extra time for sure. Because yeah, just hold tight, lads. Yeah. yeah. So. But I do. I think this Netherlands game will go to extra time. Okay. Um, I think Czech, I think Czech Republic are really heavily underrated in this tournament. And I, oh, I feel for, sure. for teams like Switzerland, Austria, Czech Republic, Croatia, Ukraine to some extent, who who kind of get to this round of sixteen and people go, oh yeah, you know, even Wales, like people just write them off. But they're they're in the last sixteen, so um, you can't just yeah. overlook them. There's an ever slight thing I have with that in that this tournament specifically it was so much harder not to qualify yes true than to qualify so I think that you're absolutely right in what you're saying and we are maybe I'm disregarding the Czech Republic or not. I will disregard uh, you know Sweden Ukraine players teams like that but in this competition it was so difficult to not qualify almost yeah. that you've got so like Croatia in any other situation they're out and they're done for really for, for me personally but yeah, you're right. I mean, Czech Republic, that Patrick Schick, you can guarantee that he's added an extra 10, 15 million to his oh, yeah. price tag this summer yeah. by how he's been playing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe someone like Man United um, mm. looking looking into him. There's so many players as well in this tournament where like they're very, very impressive. And then it's always, it's either one of the Red Bull clubs. So it'll either be like, oh, he plays for Salzburg, he plays right. for Leipzig. Or Atalanta, they're the three. Mm. They seem to be the three clubs in Europe that just produce, and they have great recruitment systems, and they play good, modern attacking football. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's been quite a few times. There was someone, and I can't think of it right now, but oh, it was uh, it was one of the goalkeepers. Um, in it, I think it was Hungary's goalkeeper, and they were like, "Oh, he plays for." Oh, he plays for Leipzig. Leipzig. Uh, Gulas- yeah. Gulasic. Yeah, yeah, he Gula- plays for Leipzig. Gula- He's got yeah. Gusens is at Atalanta. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I think Schick is at is is at Leipzig as well, right? 
Uh, no, he's at Leverkusen. Leverkusen. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Maybe he did play for one of the Red Bull right. teams at some point, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does It does always seem that there's um, a bit of a... Um, Conspiracy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's at Leverkusen. Yeah. Leipzig before that and Roma before that. Mm. Um, all right. So we're going to say high scoring game. Um I will. I'm going to stick with Netherlands. I think Netherlands go through. Um, Do you think that they go through? Is it a nil-nil in their extra time, or is it one or? Oh no, it's like two-two extra time. Oh, okay, there's goals so, both ways. Okay, and then to penalties or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pre- yeah, we go penos. Um, cool. Then we got Belgium and Portugal. Um, huge, huge, huge game. Yeah. Um, my instinct is Portugal. I'm, I'm doubling, tripling, tri- <laughs> like everything down on Portugal at the moment. Um, yeah. I think they're going to be my second team um, all the way to the end of the tournament, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. I think they. Can, I, Belgium do not look particularly good at the back. For sure. They are elite. They are. They're probably the best team in the tournament. Maybe them and France. At that like final third. Um, mm. part of the game but certainly in their own half I don't I think they've got some problems and they are slow slow um, so I just think Portugal can win that game um, but yeah are you going to back Belgium or Portugal I'm going to back Belgium I'm going to go against you on yeah. this one Portugal don't look like Portugal they're looking strange Ronaldo's looking like Ronaldo don't get me wrong he always will but Portugal are looking funny at the moment I mean that game with France was a weird one with all the penalty drama and things like that and then the, the Germany game like the way that the Germans played around them hmm. it doesn't give me any confidence and you're absolutely right I think that Belgium are very vulnerable at the back you know Vertonghen's not the young man he used to be Denier is not I don't particularly rate him that much it <laughs> But I, I see Belgium. They are just so strong up front. And and you saw how uh, it was the Denmark game that De Bruyne came on at halftime and completely changed the game. He can yeah. do that. He can do that. And I think that if Portugal get one, then Belgium get two. I think it's going to be a case of that. Yeah. I can't wait for that. I honestly cannot it's wait gonna for be that the, game. Yeah. Eight o'clock on Sunday. Incredible. Um, what a way to end the weekend. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, then the next game on the Monday, five o'clock, Croatia take on Spain. Um, quick predictions for this one. I, I have a feeling. I, I in my I did a predictions video today, and I said that Spain would go through, but Croatia are just gnarly when it comes to um, knockout football, and they they're so experienced, and you know Perisic, Modric. Um, Rebic, all of these guys have got like several tournaments under their belt now. Obviously, Modric is like 15 mm. years of international football, basically. Right. Um, so they are hard to beat. And Spain, until Busquets came in in that last game, Spain have looked bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the game that they did end up winning 5 0 or whatever it was against um, Slovakia. Slovakia. It was a terrible goalkeeping error by Dubravka, and and there was a couple. There was another own goal in there, and you know I'm I'm just not yet convinced by Spain, but I do think if Busquets starts, they have a chance to control the game. Mm. Um, but it's how do you solve a problem like Luka Modric? It's true. Um, I would think Koke will be stuck to him like glue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll stick with with putting Spain through like I did in my earlier predictions, but I just think Croatia have the potential to take them to extra time at least 
see i i have the same sort of areas of reason as you just the exact opposite yeah. uh justification really i've just got different findings to be honest i think that you're right in that croatia have got an experienced team i think that they are old and they're looking a little bit dusty to be quite honest with you and i think that spain that five nil mentally would have done so much for them regardless of if it's an own goal or if slovakia just were not on it that day and they really weren't but you had i think it was two subs it was Pau torres and uh ferran torres both came yeah. on and their first touch goals, that kind of that momentum and the game that they carry that, I think that that will carry them through this. And Croatia, I just don't think they can get out of that gear that they need to to beat Spain. You're right. I've not been convinced by Spain in the tournament and I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way than I'm predicting. But I think that that's a Spain 2-0. OK. Yeah. I, I, th- I think we would like to see Spain go through to the quarterfinals, certainly. Mm. Um, next game, France. Should we just say France are going to beat Switzerland? Is that yeah, a given? That's a given, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think sure. it'll be I think it'd be low scoring. I think it's like it will. 1-0, 1-0, For, 2-0 maybe. Yeah. But. France are playing a bit tactically, aren't they? They're not going yeah. as gung-ho as everyone hopes they would, maybe. But yeah, they control that game 100%. I think they've still got gears to move exactly. to. Exactly, um, for sure. And we hope that is the case with England. We hope England have got extra gears to move into and we've yeah. got basically one game to find out if that is true. Are we on to them yet? England taking on Germany, five go. o'clock uh, Tuesday at Wembley in front of, I believe, 45,000 um, fans. So basically half capacity. Um, that should make a massive, massive difference. I guess let's just go with predictions on on score first what are you thinking greg or do you want to do you want to go into other things th- first and for my us... prediction i think i need to give just, a, right. just i need to build up to it maybe <laughs> so what are you thinking about england germany i think that you're right in the the atmosphere and the home advantage should make a difference i think that we've played all three of our games at home at the moment and it hasn't for me made that difference we have not kicked into the gear that we need to uh, we, we see a lot of it with the English pundits after the game and after we finish the group and finish top of the group, which is a, an achievement for sure. We can't doubt that. The key word was job done, job done, job done. I said this in the last podcast, we need to be judging England by the aspiration that they have. And the aspiration is clear that the aspiration is with the squad that we have to win the tournament. You cannot really be having the mentality of job done, job done, draw against Scotland. That's fine. Did what we need to. It's still a point in the group top the group i'm not liking that and it worries me because we alluded to it earlier um squawker released a, a minute and a half video outlining some key stats from the tournament so far after the first three games and it's obvious things like most shots chance created tackles passes saves clearances all over the pitch all the top statistics and it had the top 10 players that have, have, have achieved those we don't feature in any of them not in the top 10 for any of the stats and this is what worries me about Southgate is that you cannot argue then that any of this is tactical. None of it is tactical. If it was tactical, we would have Declan Rice third up there with the most clearance, uh, with the most interceptions or the most tackles from Calvin Phillips or the most chances created from Raheem Sterling. It worries me. And I feel like we needed in that last game against the Czech Republic to win it 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. Why not? Harry Kane to get his first goal, clean sheet, all of that bollocks and good performance we got the goal and that second half was abysmal that second half was scotland it was a scotland game and that worries me because germany are on a roll 
they're loving life and they will not. The minute that kick that ball kicks off, they're in their fifth gear. And if we go one nil down early, I don't see us, and I don't certainly don't see Southgate on the touchline saying, "Okay, this is what we're doing now. This this will change this. With this is what we're doing to get back in the game." I don't think it happens. And for me to answer your question, the game finishes, and I hope I'm wrong. Two nil Germany. I hope I hope you're wrong as well. Yeah, um, for sure. I hope he proves me wrong. I don't want that yeah. to happen. That's just my cynical outlook on this. Yeah, so my thoughts <laughs> with that game is if we win, um, if we win, I don't even, uh, it's, it's, you know, we're at that point now in the tournament where a 1-0 is absolutely fine. And I, and I get the idea that whoever, you know, whoever wins tournaments, you don't think about the group stages, you don't remember the group stages you don't look back on the group stages and go, oh, that was the bet. That was the highlight of the tournament. You know, it's all about the games ahead of us now. If we beat Germany, then everything that happened in the group stages, all of the boring, soulless, crap football that we played, there was 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there that was uh, elite. I'm not saying that we didn't play any good football at all, but all of that football doesn't matter because we will have you know in five ten years time do you remember that that night at Wembley where or that afternoon at Wembley whatever you want to call it evening probably um where we beat Germany um and you know wasn't that a memorable occasion wasn't that a great feeling similar to when we beat Colombia at at the 20 um 18 mm. world cup that i still remember that night and that was a great feeling and colombia you know had a lot of injuries had a lot of people missing and and they're not you know one of the very very top teams in the world they're a very good team but that still felt like a great night and it was a great moment for everyone to just come together and enjoy a win and the good thing with knockout football is you win and then you usually have like four or five days until your next game. So you can surf that feeling for, for you know, whatever, like right. 72 hours or so before you're into your next game. Right. Um, if we get that win against Germany, it will be huge. It will be, you, I can't even quantify like how sure. good yeah. that feeling will be for everyone. Um, because then we'll go on to face Sweden or Ukraine and people will suddenly be feeling like hang on we've got hopefully a semi-final on the cards here we're off to rome no english people can go because you've got to quarantine for five days and the game happens you know five less than five days after the round of 16 game so anyone presumably in the in the stadium cannot be at both games so all the all the vloggers and bloggers will have to choose you know, your your um Thogden, Thogden and troops and Shut all of these people that uh, uh seem to be you know, you mentioned the crowd not being that much of that much of an influence. I yeah. think everyone in the crowd is a fucking YouTube blogger at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, very true. You yeah. know, no wonder they're not making much noise for England. It's because right. they're filming their reactions for their, <laughs> their channels. Um <laughs> for and sure. I, do th- I think yeah. there is an argue there is a conversation to be had there about football and and these influencers and and these influencers will be very much for the people and for the fans but Mm. ultimately 
they're paying their what they're they're driving prices up or they're able to pay top dollar for probably um sponsorship deals isn't it? what's it called not sponsor yeah well sponsorship to be there i think or um what's it called like when you resale like scalped tickets basically oh right right um and yeah i I dread to think what some of these um influencers or the companies that are sending them to these games are actually paying to get them in and yeah and then in turn you know the people that are being emailed oh sorry you know we know you had tickets for this game but um we've had to cancel them because capacity's lower now yeah and then yeah you've got all these football vloggers and stuff that are there um but yeah that's that's a different conversation anyway but if england win if England win, mm-hmm. it's huge. I don't. I have no idea how we win. It's it's on the day. It is going to just be when that whistle blows. It's going to be completely based on how the players react in that moment. I don't. I don't think Southgate will have much influence on the whole situation. It is literally going to be you put those players out on the pitch. How do they respond to that moment? And a lot of that goes down to, you know, it's decisions made at key times um, in the game. It's There is an element of luck in there. It's how, how the ball actually falls for you. If you get a chance early on, do you take it? Do you score? Um, but I, I just think it is the biggest 50-50 coin toss game I've ever known in football. Like, there's no... I don't think it's a good enough Germany team to say that they come in and roll us. Um, and I don't think England have shown anything or enough to say that that we can go out and do this whole, you know, we're, we're sort of touting ourselves as these one-nil kings at the moment or these this great defensive team that doesn't ever concede goals and that's why we're winning. Mm. We've actually been pretty poor defensively. We've yeah. conceded a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Um, Pickford, I think, has been very solid. He's been my potentially one of my England players of the tournament so far. Mm. Um, I think you can't really look past Sterling and, and and Calvin Phillips has been very, very good for us as well. But Pickford's made some key saves. Um, and, you know, ultimately the law of averages is that if you concede a lot more shots and you play more attacking, talented teams there's going to be more shots on goal and therefore Pickford's not going to be able to save everything. For sure, yeah. Um, So yeah, I I really, I really don't know how this game goes. Um, I've gone for, in my prediction, I've gone for 1-0 to England, but, you know, if Germany play anything like they did against Portugal, they're causing us problems. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's, it's going to be very, what worries me a little bit is that after the Scotland game, everyone was like, oh, you know, well, the Scotland game was special circumstances. It's like a derby game. You know, the players were obviously like feeling the pressure of that derby. In- England, England, Germany head, is a derby game. For sure, know? yeah. That's a huge derby game as well. So yeah, if they were too nervous to play against Scotland or too nervous to come out of their shells and, and express themselves on the pitch against Scotland... Mm then surely it's going to be the same story against Germany. And, and I don't know. I just think Germany have got the better coaching staff yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. And you can bet your life um, Flick, like Hansi Flick, is probably involved in the, in the setup as well. Mm. I know he's there as, you know, he's sort of part of the bubble, I think, with the, with the German um, squad. 
yeah he's not there on holiday he's not there just for a holiday i I would think you know him obviously coming in after the tournament but previously being the assistant i think he's gonna have some um influence on that thing but i don't know i just i just think it is a complete coin toss i really hope and if we get onto lineups i hope that we don't play five at the back and two holding Mm -hmm. um but i think we will I think we'll have. I think he will go with that. Carl Walker at, at right centre back. Um, then probably James and Shaw, as well as Stones and Maguire in the middle. Then Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, or he might even go with Rice and Henderson. For all we know. Um, yeah, James over Trippio. Uh, Same on that right. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Is Trippio even? Can he still play right back? He's a left back now. Um, who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, and then and then up front, I can't see him playing Grealish. I don't think oh. he's going to play Sancho. Sancho no, is a, no, no, Sancho no. is an interesting one here because Man. he plays week in week out in the Bundesliga against German players, and, um, and in, incredibly, like yeah. he's this guy's no joke. He's about to sign for Manchester United for ninety five million or something stupid. Yeah, the German papers I've, I've seen on Twitter and all things like that. People are begging, like questioning, like how is he not. How is he not featuring? How is he not featuring into the 81st minute? That's, yeah. I mean, Gareth Southgate is just a, it's a joke, man. He cannot, he cannot be watching Bundesliga football. He cannot. He just can't, he just it doesn't turn it on, just doesn't watch it, rejects it. Just Premier League, please. He, he will not. Yeah. If ever he was going to experiment, it was in the group. He He's notorious for just sticking to his guns. I don't know if he's got an ego the size of a bus that he thinks that what he's doing is perfectly brilliant or he cannot make those difficult decisions. I've accused him of both on the podcast. Subscribe for more of that Southgate hour. But you can guarantee Raheem Sterling starts every game. Harry Kane starts every game. Uh, you know, Harry Maguire will be starting every game. Hendo, you're probably right. That's probably a good call. He probably will start that game. I did see some people analysing that second half of the Czech Republic and we're saying that it's it was very uninspiring and not great. Some people have suggested that it was an exercise in playing without the ball, which mm. is a good exercise to play if the next game you've got is against the Germans that are going to be playing with the ball. So maybe there's some sense in that, but I, I can't see. And I think your appraisal of England is so generous, Dan, because I can't see... I, it, it, there's no moments that I've seen, and this is what I was talking about Gareth Bale and those the players like that that moments come from. I don't, I cannot pinpoint a player that you're going to get a moment from, unless Harry Kane out of nowhere does score an amazing goal, and then we do sit on it and we defend tightly. Which, again, I haven't seen those moments from the defense. Pickford, of course, has been good, but you're right in that you know if you get ten shots against you, what are the odds of one of them going in? It's a difficult game, man. And I don't think that Southgate's up to the task. I really don't. And I'm worried. Yeah. I'm worried. This is all coming from worry. I don't want... I, I. His success is our success at the end of the day. And I want him to win that game. Yeah. I just don't see it, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see, obviously, on, on, on Tuesday. Um, I do, like I say, I do have faith that we can get something out of it. I I do think that the one thing, and I, I think potentially teams have purposely avoided it with us, but we haven't had many set pieces at all. And I think that is where... Against um, us or... 
for sorry for us yeah right. so you know free kicks out wide mm. being able to swing those into the box get one of the big lads at the back Maguire Mings someone to to step up and and um you know get a get a header cause some chaos in the middle there like we haven't really done I've noticed at corners as well mm. we haven't been as creative as we were in 2018 for sure do you remember we were very that we had some very sort of snazzy set piece routines oh that Trippier one I, I, admittedly it was against Panama but that Trippier yeah. free kick against Panama it was etched in my mind it was yeah. perfect and there hasn't been as much of that and I don't, I don't know whether that's just that we've not wanted to play in that way we've not we've not been practicing that kind of football and and that might explain why Southgate didn't take James Ward Prowse in the first place because he didn't really mm. see us yeah. being as much of a set piece team but then he did mention I think in his last interview the interview after the Czech game he he laughed and he said well we haven't we haven't scored any set piece goals yet and that and, <laughs> and basically said that that you know that's that's Just one of our comment. That's one of our ways that we typically score goals. Who do we have on set piece? Mount took a few, um, didn't he? Yeah, Mount. Um, and then I think in the last game... Um, I'm not sure who was taking them in the last game. Yeah, who would be? Grealish or Sterling? I don't think so. It wouldn't be Sterling or Grealish. Mm. Um, probably if we had a long... What like you know a, a ball in? It would have been either Luke Shaw or or Carl mm. Walker maybe taking them out right, wide. Right. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think Calvin Phillips can can put a ball in as well. But yeah, we don't have a defined yeah, set for piece, sure. dead ball specialist set piece taker if Trippier is not on the pitch, and that right. is a problem but for sure, one hundred percent. It's also where you know if you have Grealish in the team. He can create the, you know, he can win you those free kicks. Yeah, um, so, yeah, for sure. But so there's the question: Do you think Southgate will start Jack Grealish no. against Germany? No, 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 no. He sticks with his. It's the Southgate eleven. We can all predict. We can all see it in our minds. Foden will probably be back because it was that yellow card that he was worried about, wasn't it? Foden will be back, but yeah, Grealish doesn't start these games. Saka doesn't, I'm afraid, and he, he was a good player. Uh, in that last game, Sancho won't start. It'll it'll be the Southgate eleven for sure, one hundred percent. And the first sub will be in like the seventy fifth minute or something stupid. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I hope I have I have very little hope that um, that Greenish will start. And I and I personally maybe wouldn't even. I would probably wouldn't start him if you gave me. You know, if I could pick the eleven, I probably wouldn't. On, based on this game, I wouldn't pick Grealish to start, right. just because I don't think that he'll be enough of a threat against this kind of German team. Um, Who's on their right side? Their right side is Kimmich. Kimmich basically covers that right side, and then yeah. you've got Ginter, I think, plays there as well. Right. Um, and that's it. Like Kimmich would love, I think, to play against Jack Grealish. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't start Grealish. I would probably go with pace. I I, I would actually start Rashford against. Um, uh, okay, interesting. <clears throat> I would start Rashford against uh, Germany just because <clears throat> Hummels is is slow. I mean, do you remember that um, 
the chance that Mbappe had in the mm. France Germany game when Hummels made that amazing challenge. Incredible. Yeah. Probably should have been a penalty. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just think maybe because Germany are going to be coming at England and they're going to be expecting to be able to score at our end of the pitch, we are going to get spaces in behind. So I would go with a bit more pace. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. Does the do, Rashford... I... Carry on, Sorry. carry on. No, you go, you go. Does the Rashford um, injury thing worry you? Because I saw it came out today, I think it was Sky Sports reporting on it, that he's arming and erring about if he needs um, uh, surgery on his shoulder after the Euros mm. before the season starts, which worries me slightly. Yeah, maybe. Maybe then Sancho. You know, yeah, I but... think you're right. I think that's that is a tactic that we should exploit. We should expect to have less of the ball and be a bit of a counter uh, yeah. counter attacking team, one hundred percent. But uh, yeah, we'll see. So, my, like I say, my prediction is one nil, uh, England. Um, and I really, really hope that we get through because if, if we get honestly, it will be huge if we get through 100%. this game. Oh, 100 It is on. It yeah. is absolutely on. For and, sure. My um, tune will change drastically. 100%. Yeah. 100. I'm just preparing myself for the worst because I can, I, I, I've not seen enough yet to see anything other than Germany trouncing all over us. But if it does change, you're completely right. It, it changes yeah. the whole perspective of the tournament. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll park England there, and then the final um, the final game of the group stages is Sweden taking on Ukraine, the yellow derby, um, <laughs> yellow and blue derby, yellow and blue derby as well. Yeah, <laughs> those colours go very well together. Um, what do we think? We probably Sweden. Sweden have been very pretty solid, to be honest. Pretty consistent. Yeah, I, I don't mind Sweden. I think that they've got something about them. I think that they are a little bit underrated, uh, maybe because they don't have those big names that you expect uh, anymore, apart from, you know, Ibrahimovic was that name. But yep. uh, yeah, I think that they, um, they, yeah, they can do bits in this game, I think. I, slim margin again, I think, maybe like a 1-0 or, or a 2-1. Who, who would you rather play in the next round as England if we got there? think oh, probably ukraine i think so yeah i think i'd rather play ukraine yeah yeah i think i think with both both are kind of different um for sure different aspects different animals yeah but um yeah i think i would rather ukraine but sweden we beat them before in tournaments and i was um, thinking that yeah i was wondering hopefully that. beat them again so mm. um yeah Gosh, it is it is nerve wracking. I'm kind of glad For that sure. England are on the last day, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. at least <laughs> we can enjoy all the other games without knowing whether about. or not England go through. It would be um, such a shame if we go out already. I mean, I know I'm sounding a little bit like uh, I, I'd like it because it would mean the end of Southgate's job. I don't think it will, <laughs> regardless of the result against Germany. But I, I, it will put a dampener on the whole tournament if we go out this early especially with this squad and especially with how the group stage went. It's such a forgettable group stage uh, campaign that if then we, we went out with a whimper, it, you know, oh, it, it would be horrible. A win against yeah. Germany and then whatever happens in the next round, we won against Germany. We can look back on this tournament and think we won against Germany at Wembley. Yeah. Do you know, there's, that moment would live on, but it would be a real shame to go out this early on. Yeah. Especially it's when huge. the route... Carry on, carry on. Can you imagine the pressure on Southgate, on the players, on, on everyone right now? Is for sure. 
huge sure. and I, I i hope that psychologically they're in a position where they can harness that and mm. and use that pressure Hopefully. and that expectation and everything like that's yeah. what you want and and i kind of feel like psychologically a lot of the, and and all of these players have played huge games for their clubs before mm. that's the thing They've played huge, huge games in the Champions sure, yeah. League, um, in in their respective leagues, in the Bundesliga, in the Premier League. Oh, you've got Premier League winners all over the place, every direction yeah. you look. I Champions, mean... you know, loads of Champions League winners as yeah. well. With, yeah. um, you know, Kimmich has won the Champions League. Tony Crows mm-hmm. has got like four Champions Leagues. Yeah, 100%. Um, and Do... then the same for England. England are full of, um, you know, we've got Chelsea players in there and... Do you think that a little lack of a little problem that England do have is the lack of a Jordan Henson character? Or do you think that him starting that next game could be more than his uh footballing ability, but his ability as a, a, a captain or as a as yeah. a man? Because obviously Harry Kane is our captain. And for Spurs, he, he's not he's the vice captain. And even when he when Hugo was injured, and we, we saw that in the documentary. I, he strikes me more as a lead by example yeah. captain and at the moment he isn't leading by example in his performances so do you think that England are lacking that man in the middle of the pitch to be like right this is what we're fucking doing we're going for it I don't know if Harry Maguire possesses that quality as well I, I assume he does because he's uh, Man United's captain but He's been injured as well, hasn't he, of course. So if yeah. we get those two guys back, do you think that that can have a bigger impact than we're giving credit for? Yeah, I think there's two I think there's two sides to that Harry Kane situation as well. One, you've got the I'm a guy that leads by example or, you know, I'm a guy that's known as being a captain that leads by example rather than particularly vocally on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got Harry Kane's own take on that or or how he reacts to that and how he feels about that and then on the flip side you've got the rest of the team actually that are probably in, in a position where they feel responsible as well because they are not providing for harry kane definitely and so that they they feel like they're probably letting him down because it's one of the players like that when they say they lead by example that usually means that the other players step their game up to meet to try and meet your standard of play. Right. You know, it's not like Harry Kane like does a shot and then looks around at everyone to get confirmation that they they are leading. <laughs> you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? That they right. go, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. great leadership, Harry. Thanks for that <laughs> yeah, good yeah. shot. You know, it's not doing that. It's it's the level of play and and the commitment to the game mm. that, you know, everyone goes, Well, you know, that's my captain. Look how much effort he's putting in. I gotta match that energy. Cool. Um, right. But yeah, when when that captain is is presumed something's not right and he's not scoring goals or he's not getting opportunities to score goals. So let's face it, For, oh, 100%, he's not yeah. had many opportunities to score. He had that one that he got through one on one in the in the Czech game, and it was mm. a decent enough save. I still think prime in form Harry Kane cuts in onto his right foot and puts it in the bottom left corner. Right. Oh, bottom um, left, you'd say. Yeah. Or stretches it. So the or stretches it reach. up into the top right or something yeah. like but you're that. absolutely right for sure um but yeah you've got those two factors so you've got the players feeling quite nervous the longer this goes on that that they are doing something or they're not providing for harry and then kane has got this thing of 
you know, I'm the captain out here. How can I tell, how can I shout at um, Kyle Walker when he gives the ball away for not doing his job when I'm not scoring goals, which is literally my job. Like I am the premier, (laughs) you know, goal scorer of, you know, I'm the top goal scorer in the Premier League. Right. I'm worth a hundred plus million valued by Manchester City, but I'm not doing what, my actual job is that's your job to score goals right for sure it's a very very tough situation um so i don't know yeah i, I to you know i've gone the long way about it here but to answer your question i do think that's where jordan henderson is absolutely vital mm. um as is harry Maguire. i think henderson more so i think i think Maguire is one of those people that has become known as a captain but i think he's a very relatively relatively recent in terms of his seniority in the Mm -hmm. team okay um he was still a young you know when man united bought him he was still sort of considered a young player and he i think he's matured into a leadership role Mm -hmm. and he's a very vocal player and we've seen that a lot with the you know in the times where we've not had crowds in the stadiums and tv cameras picking up his um yeah his his vocal leadership on the pitch and i I do think he's he is a really good influence but if you're looking at if you're talking about respect i think on average the players will have a lot more respect for jordan henderson um as a professional than they probably do for harry maguire and that's not to that's not taking anything away from harry maguire it's just henderson is an elite level 100 that has led probably like in my in my opinion you've got the barcelona team pep's barcelona and barcelona of the three or four years around that and Klopp's Liverpool. For me, those are the two. And Fergie's United when he had Tevez, Ronaldo and, and Rooney. Those three teams are the best three teams of my lifetime that I've been able to appreciate. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, probably there are teams in the 90s that I wasn't really old enough yeah, to appreciate. Yeah, aware enough. Of to... my, like, being a football, proper football fan, mm. Klopp's, Klopp's Liverpool... Pep's Barcelona and and Fergie's, you know, United are the three like elite teams of my lifetime. And and Henderson was the captain yeah. of one of those three teams, which <clears throat> puts him on like a puts him on a platform with like Puyo and Javi and Right, right. Um, you know, those key key players, Ryan Giggs, I'm not sure who was Man United captain um at that time. But um yeah, I think Henderson has got way more stock in in the uh in the bank than um than Maguire has in, mm. when it comes to sort of respect as a captain right yeah um, for sure so starting him would be really good and it, hopefully it would step up either Declan Rice's game or um Calvin Phillips as well mm. so I think Rice Rice has not been as good I think as we expected him to be yeah I I, I don't really I can't remember anything remarkable from him <laughs> No, but that's not he, his job, I know. But no, he is. He is the whole point of you yeah. know, Rice is one of those players that does all the work, so yeah. you don't have to sort of thing. I don't know yeah, what yeah. Br- brand's um, slogan that is, but yeah, um, Mr. you Brian only notice you o- one of those players that you only notice when they aren't doing what they should yeah, be. Occasionally, he gets a he, you know he he'd come up with a goal or something. But right, yeah. Generally, he's just there to help the transition from defense to attack to provide. A, a, a layer of protection as well for the defense um mm-hmm. and to make those interceptions and stuff but for sure i don't know i just think 
he's he's probably been overshadowed quite a lot in some of his role by Calvin Phillips. Um, yeah, and getting so, that goal. Yeah, um, getting the assist. Sorry. Yeah, but we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think I'm optimistic, um, but I am worried. Um, so yeah, I think I think we'll leave it there for this episode um, of the BTF podcast. We'll be back with another episode post round of 16 um when it's either going to be sheer elation or we'll just be um i'll be saying i fucking told you so (laughs) we'll rebrand as a love island podcast um from that point onwards i'll Um, come out again and that'll be the focus yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um so there we go uh that is episode 61 of the btf podcast you can go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you are watching on youtube um, and I think if you're on Spotify, iTunes, all of those, you can follow um, you can follow the uh, podcast as well. Um, and also go and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're very active on there at the moment. We've got a lot of predictions um, that we post pretty much for every, well, not even pretty much, literally for every single Euros game. Um, we post our predictions around about an hour before kickoff. Um, and we have an exciting new factor going into our predictions which is we are all predicting the minute of the first goal as well um mm. and I, i'm really i'm looking forward to that because it's going to make every game very um interesting to sure watch. yeah um, <laughs> but anyway we will see you on the other side of the round of 16 um greg thank you very much for co-hosting uh with me today always mate always a pleasure and i uh, hope you go off and enjoy your weekend and uh speak to you next week See you later, dude. See you guys. Bye-bye.